0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Boness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Well, uh, welcome. It's, uh, it's slightly different today for reasons that I, I also mentioned earlier, but also because it's not actually occurring as it was supposed to occur this morning. Um, plans changed, right? Quite a lot. <laughs> and, and actually, this was supposed to be Simeon this morning coming to talk to you about Ukraine, about what we would be doing, about what to pray for, how to pray into that. Um, and so I wasn't actually expecting to bring a message. And I'm, I'm not going to bring you a full sort of Preach, but just a, a few thoughts, and then we're going to get you guys to gather around us uh, and pray for us before we go. Um, plans do change a lot. I think it was Robbie Burns who said, "The bless, uh, the blessed, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry." Actually, wow, <laughs> that's what gets the clap. Brilliant. Actually. Please excuse this Englishness, but I think he said, the best laid schemes o' mice and men, gang aft, agley." <laughs> Can somebody Scottish who's got a loud voice just say that as it's meant to be? Thank you, Len. Bless you, my brother. You know, if you have lived enough to have got to the place where you make plans then you know that often those plans don't work out how you intended them to. Uh, and that's exactly where we find ourselves today. Things change significantly. And about five weeks ago, Simeon, uh, he and I were on the phone, and I said to him, just as a kind of throwaway, I said, should we have some sort of contingency in case something happens that takes you or me out so that you know the mission still happens or, or doesn't happen? And he said, well, I was gonna talk to you about this today. And he said, uh, my wife who was currently in Poland working with refugee centers at the time, um, she's had a health concern and she's gone to see the doctors in Poland. uh, And they've said there's concern enough that she needs to get home a bit earlier and go see the doctors here. Uh, And then we had to wait for that to happen, for her to come back. I mean, I'm amazed She didn't come home straight away, but she was like, I'm here for the purpose of the Lord, so I'm going to stay here and do that. And that that woman has crazy courage. I I know you haven't met her, but I feel like you've met her in your heart. Um, She's got crazy courage, and one day you're going to meet Simeon and Joanna. They're going to be here, and and they'll stand here, and we'll we'll pray for them, and we'll rejoice. Um, But what a woman of courage, and Simeon, a man of courage. Uh, And he said so I don't know and and he knew that by the time she got back got the tests and it it was looking like It would be the week before we left that we would find out whether Simeon could come or not Which doesn't leave much margin (laughs) And so I said "Look, Simeon. what, What do you think? What what do you think we should do? Do you reckon we should just stop now and before we get the planning too far ahead or and he was like no I think we've both discerned this process we both really prayed about this, and the two things that we really feel the Lord has laid on our hearts is that Simeon and I should travel to Ukraine. And, and then the other thing was that the time was now. What we didn't realize at the time was that the Lord was saying that those two things didn't necessarily have to happen at the same time. Simeon and I, I believe, God willing, will go to Ukraine together. We, we will cross the border. We will do everything that God has laid on our hearts to do, and... We're going to go now. So the two things that God laid on our hearts are going to happen. But this day when Simeon was on the phone to me, and it was, a, it was tough, it was hard for him. Uh, and we were kind of asking of the Lord, we're praying together, we're, we're inquiring. And I'm sat near Paul and Anne's caravan. Like God does incredible things when I go to Paul and Anne's caravan. It's amazing. Um, I was sat on like a pontoon down by the, uh, the sailing club part of it and I'm on the phone to Simeon. And as I'm on the phone to Simeon, I look down and there was a starfish just doing its thing, moseying on around. So the, the mission's called Mission Starfish. We would named that right back at the beginning. And I said, Simeon, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> there's a starfish right there. Right at this moment when you and I are having this very conversation and there's a starfish there. And, and so we knew that God was saying, keep, keep going keep going. God knew that Simeon wouldn't be able to come now. He knew that Andrew would be able to come now. He knew that we'd be able to do this. He knew that you guys were going to sow generously into this. And you have. And I want to bless you for that. Thank you. you you've sown so much that suspension on my car is looking a bit iffy. <laughs> and actually you've sown so much that our plan is to offload everything that we've got within the first couple of days of arriving and then go to a Costco, a Polish version of Costco, and fill up and go again because we've got enough to be able to do that. You know, the one thing that changed in our planning at that time was that we started intentionally adding the words God willing. The Lord willing... We will go on mission to Poland and the Lord willing, we'll go into Ukraine. Because the thing is, plans, they change all the time, don't they? But the problem is it leads to uncertainty. Have you ever felt that? Where you thought you knew what was gonna happen and then the rug gets swept away and you you get hit by this kind of level of uncertainty. And, And let's be honest, Don't we find uncertainty a little bit difficult to deal with? It it can be unpredictable. It can be unsettling. We, We like to know, we like to plan, we like to predict what's ahead. You know, we like to brace ourselves. Like, if there's a storm coming, I wanna know ahead of time so that I can batten down the hatches. We'd like to know what's ahead. And that is one of the key reasons why people turn to things of the occult, because they think it offers them answers so that they can know what's ahead. Let me tell you, maybe, maybe there's some truth in the lie that the enemy sows into it just to keep people hooked, but let me tell you, there's danger there. There's only one who knows, who knows. And if you know him, then you can have certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You can't find it through the tea leaves. You can't find it through the tarot cards. You can't find it through anything like that, the the stars that are read in the paper are made up. I went to school with somebody who went on work experience at the local journal and his first job, day one, write the horoscopes. You've got a 16 year old boy writing that. <laughs> like what do you want to trust? What do you want to base your hope upon? What do you want to base your, your sense of security on? A 16 year old's randomness? Today you'll meet a tall stranger. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The thing is, even when we know, we don't know. You know that? Even when we know, we don't know. Andrew and I are gonna get in the car in half an hour's time-ish, we're gonna to head to Newcastle, we're gonna get on the ferry. That's not guaranteed. It's a plan. We need to get there by four o'clock, that's a plan. Like, there might be a, a breakdown ahead of us, there might be a, a Sunday driver. <laughs> and it takes four hours <laughs> to get to Newcastle. We might be tearing our hair out like, oh, come on, Lord, help. But, but it's not guaranteed that we'll get on that ferry. It'd be really helpful if we do. <laughs> Everything else could be delayed. You know, maybe you're thinking of lunch with your family today. It's not guaranteed to you, even if the roast's in the oven. It's not guaranteed to you. You know, I don't want to unsettle you, but tomorrow, isn't promised to you. Any of you. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. In fact, you have never lived a single moment in your life where the next moment was guaranteed. Ever. Ever. And so, how do we deal with that kind of level of uncertainty? I'm just going to let the reality of that drop for a second before we move on. And if that is alarming you, then I want you to pay close attention to the next bit. Because when we're in Christ, our chains are gone and our heart is free. So we don't need to fear the next moment. We don't need to worry about what might happen because half of the time we worry about what might happen, it doesn't happen. We need a truer, more dependable, reliable kind of certainty, don't we? Listen to this, Hebrews six, nineteen. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. What does an anchor do? It holds the ship in place in the storm. It holds it where it's meant to be. Now, if you're on anchor, the ship might rotate around that anchor. The the ship will face where the prevailing wind is coming from because it's designed that way, it's streamlined that way. So the ship might do this, but geographically it stays. Jesus is our hope and stay. He's the one who keeps us anchored to the bedrock so that even if your ship is doing this or this, you know I will not be moved. I will not be moved. He carries on. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm, and actually that word means certain. Certain. And secure. Valid firm. What we have in Jesus Christ through faith and in that wonderful hope is an anchor that will hold you firm and it is certain. There is nothing certain in this life but Jesus is certain. He's certain. If you don't have Jesus, there is nothing else that you can cling to that is certain. You'll be like Rose after the Titanic. I'll never let go, Jack. Oh, I let go. <laughs> like that, that shugly little piece of wardrobe that she was on. And do you know what? Just a, a little bugbear here. He could have fit on that. Come on. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> that was not secure and firm and certain. Jesus is. Jesus is so certain that even if you fall over that bit of flotsam that you've been clinging to, he's still got you. And even if you fall through this bodily life altogether, he's got you. He's got you. Your days are in his hands. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say this in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Let that confidence rise in your heart. Let that rise in your heart. And he goes on to say, and an assurance, that's a proof, again, certainty about what we do not see. I'd rather trust one certainty that I don't see with my eyes than a million Certainties that this world offers me that will leave me drowning if I try to cling on to them. Certain hope. So what is certain in uncertainty? It's not a case of what. It's a case of who. Jesus Christ, the radiant King. He is our certainty, infinite and unchanging. Everything else you can put your hands on has had a beginning and will have an end. Everything. Every physical piece of matter, every single carbon, piece of carbon, is it a piece? I don't know, molecule of carbon? I'm not very scientific. But every single bit had a beginning. But Jesus, the infinite one, I'd rather trust him. Infinite and unchanging. He's the creator and the sustainer. He's ever-present. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He he said to himself, he will never leave nor forsake you. Certainty. Certainty. All-knowing. All-powerful. Boundless in love and mercy. That's my king. That's my Jesus. Listen to this, Colossians 1, 15. I might read up to 23 if you've got your Bibles. Colossians 1, verse 15. The Son, we're talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over creation. That doesn't mean he was created and born. okay? The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. In Christ... All things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's a much better anchor. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Creator sustainer. He gave you your life. He sustains your life. That's Jesus. That's what he does. How do I find that I can be certain in the midst of uncertainty? Jesus. Firm foundation, anchor in the storm, the one who is the image of the invisible God. You know, you might not have been around 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking around in his body on the earth, as real as I stand before you right now, but you can still know him today. But let me tell you this that Jesus that, that Peter, and John, and all the other disciples saw, that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. The image, not an image, not an idol. The image of the invisible God. You want to know what God is like? Jesus Christ. Look at him. And if you can't see him with your physical eyes today, you can lay eyes on his words. You can lay eyes on what the Spirit has said and how uh, God has laid out his word in Scripture. And you can know him personally. Intimately, closely, You can know him, he is the image of the invisible God. So here we are. Quick side note before I close and then I'm gonna get everyone to come up and pray. I don't want you to think that what I'm saying this morning is therefore, forget planning. Like, who cares? (laughs) Doesn't matter, I've got Jesus. Like, the Bible doesn't say, do not plan. It doesn't say that, okay? I know believers who who didn't take out a pension plan when they were younger because they thought, I don't need to plan because my future's in God's hands. And yes, your future is in God's hands, but I now know a, a few men who've retired, who've retired onto nothing because they didn't just take a simple pension plan out. I've known Christians that wouldn't take a mortgage because they're like, shouldn't, shouldn't, I shouldn't plan, shouldn't plan. Listen, the Bible doesn't say don't plan. It says don't boast. If you look into James, he says, you know, listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or, or spend a year there or carry on business and we'll make money, you, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead you ought to say if the Lord is willing we will live and do this in his heart a man plans his course but the Lord directs his steps we can plan but he's the anchor that leads us along the good path the other thing the Bible says doesn't say don't plan but it says don't worry so let me say this if your insurance policies, like a pension, are because you're worried about tomorrow, you're sowing in in the wrong way, that you're actually creating an idol out of finance. If you're afraid, now I'm not saying stop paying it. <laughs> I'm saying take your fear to Jesus Christ and let him remove it and change it. Let him remove it and change it. Jesus, in uh, Matthew 6, says, don't worry about food, what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Look at the birds. See how your heavenly Father feeds them. And don't worry about what you're going to wear, like what clothes you're going to put on your back. Look at the flowers of the field. See how amazingly they're clothed. doesn't, Doesn't your Father in heaven care about you more than flowers and birds? Isn't he going to be more faithful to you in clothing you and feeding you? So don't worry, he says. Don't worry. Tomorrow has enough worry of its own. Focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6.34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough. Trouble of its own. Listen, we we might not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Whatever happens, he holds your future. How precious, how wonderful is it that we have this God who holds us in all of this. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? How can you be certain within uncertainty? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. If you've been distracted by worry, he's not gonna come at you and slap you around the face and say, focus. (laughs) I think your circumstances will do all the slapping that's necessary if you're worried like God doesn't need to discipline you for worrying your worry is disciplining you your worry is hurting you but the joy is turn, face Jesus trust him and even before your heart believes it let your mouth declare it and you will find that the heart and the mind follow I trust you. I'm gonna finish with this one story. This is genuinely it. There's a story about this guy called Jehoshaphat in, in, in the Old Testament, in the Book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and, and it says at the beginning of chapter 20, it says, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, uh, Edom, uh, from the other side of the Dead Sea. A vast army. And he's a bit freaked out by this, because that's never a really a good thing. A vast army is not coming up to kind of have a party and a celebration with you. They're coming to plunder. They're coming to rule. They're coming to destroy. They're coming to lead you and keep you in captivity. And so he prays this prayer. Let's stand together. I want to I share this with you. Maybe make this yours. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? God's your friend. They have lived in it and have built a sanctuary for your name saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave as our inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you.